This might be the latest podcast we've ever done. God, this is ridiculous. There's it's no way I'm not asleep like any other night of the week. Alright, ready? I'm going to regret this no. so much tomorrow. Okay, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the title of the podcast. Yeah. Alright, three, two, one. Welcome to episode 96 of All the Small Takes. It is 10.05, which with daylight savings thrown in there, I don't even know what time it really feels like. It feels like it's too late for us to be starting a podcast, but here we are. Because it's been too long, so we're back together. John and Cooper. Uh, maybe Cooper, starting with you. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, it was a pretty bad sports weekend, though. Like, not having any of the top college football teams play. Uh, I mean, we'll get to the soccer, which was rather disappointing. But overall, pretty good. Looking forward to this weekend. It should be a great college football weekend. Yeah, John, how are you? Doing fine. Um, doing fine. Went to the uh, went to a big festival last weekend. Largest juried art festival in the southeast. Um, whatever that means. Um, but that was fun. It was a good time. Celebrated All Saints Day. Yeah. Observed the observed the solemnity. Went and prayed for the dead at a at a local graveyard for All Souls Day. So it's been fun. It's been good. Was the festival on Saturday or Sunday? Festival was actually Saturday and Sunday. Oh man. Yeah. Well, to Cooper's point, you probably picked a good weekend to do that. Just given the uh, oh the, yeah, you didn't miss much on the Notre Dame side of things, which well, we'll get to. Started and, watching the Notre Dame game and then um, <laughs> made a decided, decided it was a great time to go to Mass. Um, <laughs> went to Mass, got to the car, asked Dad, hey, how do you think the game ended? And he goes, I don't know. Let's turn on the radio. And we turn on XM Radio and there's 30 seconds left. And oh, Ian Book ran in the end zone. <laughs> hey, we're you experienced the game better than like that was the ideal way to experience that football game. Why? Because everything that happened in the middle was, uh, we'll get to it, but it was terrible. Yeah, we left to go to Mass right after Jafar Armstrong popped the ball, popped the ball up on the half-yard line. Uh, yep. The 98-yard scoop and score. Anyway, we don't, we're not going to dwell on this for too long, but uh, we've, we've missed, I guess we skipped the week where we really wouldn't have wanted don't to talk, talk about, about Notre Dame. Yeah. Don't talk about it. The week that shall not be named. And... Uh, <laughs> I thought that was why we skipped. That was. <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> um, and we're maybe going to talk about them today. But first, you can find us on Twitter at Small Takes. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, I think still, uh, small underscore takes. You can email us, all the small takes at gmail.com. And you can definitely find us on iTunes. You can download, subscribe, and leave a review. Um, speaking of Twitter and, like, burner accounts and things of that nature uh this is a quick tangent but have you seen the rumor about the bucks gm and yes. his Jameis burner account yep the Jameis one of one Jameis one of one that he's actually on a hall of fame trajectory and he's published <laughs> this this twitter user which i don't think i think it's maybe uh highly questionable that this is in fact the bucks gm but the fact that there's a twitter user out there who believes Jameis is a hall of fame quarterback is hilarious in and of itself not not really all that surprising though given the proclivity and the depravity of twitter so it's true so cooper the question is what quarterback burner account are you running uh 
like quarterback blank one of one. Who is your quarterback you're standing oh, still, on? Still uh, Tim Tebow's. Oh, oh, I thought of course, it was AJ McCarron. That was obvious. I was to say Andy Dalton. <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd been carrying AJ. No, I would not run that time. one. AJ McCarron, I would have been. Yeah, <laughs> we could be doing that one too. Dude just wins games. Where, so where is he now? Don't know. Uh, let's get those stats. He got traded to the black hole of the Jets, I think. Or <laughs> Bless it was you. The Bills. Bless you again. Yeah, he plays for the Texans now. Oh, so he's a legitimate plan- chance to play. Plants to yeah. play. If Deshaun's <laughs> eyeball fa- falls out. Bless you. Is, uh, Sean, are you okay? My dude, the plague? Didn't, um, didn't vacuum the house um, until mm. today for two weeks, um, so I'm still dealing with a lot of cat dander. Oh. <sighs> Shout out Vader and Dante. Why cats are gone. Uh, all right, let's do Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey. <laughs> hey. Nope. My cats do not have half the problems your dog does. <laughs> yeah, but you love dogs. With all their problems, they make up for it. Yeah, my cats come up and headbutt me while I sleep in the night. That's pretty that dumb. Sounds- Lovely. That's exactly what I want. It's a little disorienting, to be honest, but but great. <laughs> You're really doing a good job Just of giving of you many concussions. Yeah, <laughs> I take it strong. <laughs> Why cats are actually the cure to CTE. Next. Oh gosh, that's not what I meant. <laughs> um, all right, let's do our relegation update first off, uh, as is tradition. We'll start in the EPL, and this I'll turn it over to John. Um, and then we're going to talk some MLS too. But anything of note in the EPL on the other side of the pond? Um, well, the EPL is slowly sinking into the the muck. Uh, it was a bad, bad, uh, bad couple of weeks for the elites. Um, good weeks for parity, if you think that's something that should be striven for in sports. But it's not. Parity is dumb. I don't actually have the standings in front of me because I'm limited to one screen right now. Uh, due to technological difficulties. Um, and I was hoping that by now Cooper would have started calling me out um, as is tradition on this segment. But I'll just keep vamping. Arsenal's had a... Uh, Arsenal hasn't won in at least three weeks. We drew twice, lost one, lost a League Cup game. I guess we won our game against that bizarro Turkish-slash-Polish team in Europa, if you call that a win. Um, mm-hmm. But... Uh, People are calling for Unai Emery's uh, job in his head, uh, whether that be fair or not. They're saying that Mourinho should take over, and that's a terrible decision. Um, for everyone that remembers how Jose Mourinho did it at his last job. Um, so, yeah. Um, Paul Feinbaum hasn't started saying that Urban Meyer should take over yet, though, so I guess we're in a pretty good situation. Oh. Not in the worst. <laughs> not in dire straits. <laughs> Yeah, it was a it was a rough weekend for both uh, Arsenal and United. So this isn't that fun of an update. Um, current standings: see United. Since John, I'm sure would talk about this. Are they're currently tenth, five points clear of relegation, uh, Ooh, which I'm pretty sucks. sure is the same exact spot they were in the week yeah, we actually did this update. Arsenal is Tank. slipping further, and they're in fifth still, but the distance between them and fourth is uh, increasing. Mm, that's all. That's all. Just you know, parochial, provincial <laughs> concerns, though. Really, because they're going to win so, Europa and then they're going to end back up in Champions League. Yeah, they're going to back to our Champions League. That's the yeah. way to do. It. 
So you know which club you guys didn't mention conveniently. Yes, the U.S. men's national team. They're still awesome. <laughs> no, um, no, 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 no. We're not pivoting? I thought we were pivoting. Uh, the, Liver, the, Liverpool, the Liverpudlians, I think, is the correct. Yes, press. thank uh, you, Liverpudlians. The Liverpudlians. I, I did not watch, <laughs> but I saw, I saw the clip of a, a stoppage time. Yeah, congratulations. Goal. You beat soon-to-be-relegated Aston Villa on oh, a Aston stoppage Villa. time goal that was pretty horrendously defended. Uh, so yeah, good job. You got uh, that it's one. Three points. It's three points in the the column. Yeah, yep. that one only counts. The point, too. the point column, as they say. Yeah, uh, Liverpool's past three games beat Arsenal on penalties, barely beat Aston Villa, and barely beat uh, Gank. Yeah, their <laughs> Champions League game today. Wait, in all seriousness, how do you pronounce that that club? I'm pretty sure so, that's right. Can you spell it? K-R-C- Gank. No, G E N K. Oh, that no, is. But, but it says on, the click on their name, it's K R C Gank. Well, that's because the, the K R C probably stands for like the Royal Kingdom of Copenhagen or something. Racing Club. Yeah. So the Racing K club? is some um, like Dutch word I'm not going to try and pronounce. Why are we talking about Flemish, racing? How did racing get brought into this? The same way that there is a German team called Red Bulls, you know? <laughs> Just don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, it is Dutch, John. You're Belgian. You're correct. So, uh, anyway. I'm sorry. Is it Dutch or is it Belgian? It's There's Belgian, but I'm not sure if they're the first Ars- word in the KRC thing. Man, we're really getting off topic here. Is yeah, uh, okay. So I'm not sure if that again. is Flemish or... Uh, Dutch. The Belgians right, speak Flem. I know, but I'm not sure. They also, a lot of them speak Dutch. So It provides a Dutch pronunciation. A lot of them speak yeah. German and a lot of speak French. A lot of okay. them speak French as well. That's true. It's This word is definitely not French. I can say that. Definitely not French. Easily. 10 out of 10. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to back Jeff, real quick. Where, where nope. is Copenhagen? Denmark. Yeah, okay. Great. Okay. Cool. Right, the word is Dutch. It's Royal Racing Club. Got it. All right. Makes Gank. total sense. Gank. Yep. All right. The more you know. <laughs> Reading Rainbow. Okay. Uh, MLS. <laughs> there actually is uh, something of note here. So LA FC, the presumptive favorite, is out. They lost in a somewhat controversial, controversial um game to the Seattle Sounders who are in the final against Toronto. Toronto, correct me if I'm wrong, Toronto was the favorite in the East. Uh yeah, you're wrong. They were not the favorite. Were they not? No, they were, they were the defending champions. Right. But they were not the favorite. Who they the were uh, also East? not the defending champions. They were they weren't, is that was that two years regular ago? season. No. Toronto was the defending <laughs> regular season victors. Oh. Atlanta was the defending oh, champion. Right, I knew Atlanta won. Yeah, yeah. Has okay. Toronto won an MLS Cup? I feel like they I'm have. sure they have. I think they won it like three years ago with Giovinco. Yeah, when they first got yeah. Giovinco. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, uh, uh, New N- York. Yeah, NYCFC was the number one. No, or Red. Yeah, NYCFC was the number one, and then uh, Atlanta, and then the Union. Um, mm. So in any case, we have Seattle versus Toronto in the final. Um, let's just give our quick pick for this game, maybe. 
And then sure. any, any other reactions to, I mean, uh, LAFC being out is, is probably the biggest shock, but anything else from the MLS playoffs that you guys uh, care to toss in? So Cooper, maybe starting with you, who you like in the MLS Cup final. I mean, the easy thing to do is just pick the home team, and they sold yeah. out CenturyLink. Um, so the that, yeah, uh, yeah, it's going to be twenty thousand seats. No, all like seventy thousand seats. Um, it's going to be pretty raucous. Um, so I'm going to pick Seattle. I also think these teams are probably pretty evenly matched. Yeah, I was going to say it's basically a toss up. Yeah, I don't really. It's a little bizarre, but you know. Whatever. It's an MLS Cup championship between two markets that the MLS, you know, wouldn't mind winning because they have decent fan bases, but they don't actually want to win because they don't have huge media bases. So uh, nobody really cares. Go Irish. And because Zlatan left. No one cares yeah. about the MLS anymore. Oh, uh, yeah. Zlatan predicted. He had a money quote, too, where he said, what would he say? Something about if I come back. It will be great for the MLS, and if not, like something to the effect of the MLS will just like fade, be fade forgotten. Away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No one will ever remember the MLS. What a king! <laughs> Spot on, too. Just wisdom, sage words. Yeah, I mean, he's not very wrong. Um, in other news, Sacramento is joining the MLS at some point in time in the future. Oh, do we? Is this a new expansion franchise? Mm-hmm. Yes. Over under on Sacramento starting playing before Miami. Oh, they're playing before Miami. There's <laughs> no way that Miami team plays when they're supposed to. No way, unless they're going to play will there like ever a field be... of like three foot tall weeds. Because currently like... they have no idea where they're playing. Or like forty years the... from now, the successor and in interest to David Beckham is going <laughs> to waltz into the MLS and say, "Hey, by the way." I have a franchise that you gave me. Um, <laughs> and the MLS is already going to have instituted relegation and stuff. And they're going to be like, whoa, do we have to honor this? And we'll just get a random random new Miami team thrown in the mix. <laughs> and I'm also pretty sure like one of the sites that Miami wanted to build their stadium on didn't pass some sort of like environmental test it, or something it like failed that. It. Yeah, it failed the environmental impact test, amongst yeah. other things. Yeah, that was it. and that was the one that the city and the team agreed on. Um, but their logo is dope, as we've it's discussed. Just, yeah, it's just ibises. I don't think it's that dope. Logo's dope. Do you know the dope. Sacramento logo? Um, I think it's I the think... Kings logo, right? <laughs> <laughs> the Kings are just transitioning, right? That's what's happening. Doesn't look like there's a logo. I can't, there's no way I don't buy. Uh, Enter Miami Jersey when they come out with the Miami Vice colors. There's oh, we do have a Sacramento. Oh, these are not mm, the crest is Can not. Can you describe promising. it, please? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, on, on your own time. There's just it's like some really bleh colors. Although they do have the California Bear, which is a strong move. Strong move. Uh, strong are we going to call these guys? I think the this bears? is their old one, though. I would imagine the they're probably going to get a team? new one. Yeah, well, they're probably going to get a new one. They look like the there, Park Rangers. There's this huge problem where these US these cities with USL teams get get teams, but then they actually start a new team well, this instead is of just continuing the USL. But are they going to have the same team, or are they going to do like what? Well, you have to do what 
FC Cincinnati did because there's a reason those players are in the USL and not in the MLS. I mean, FC Cincinnati kept like five players. Well, I mean, they kept the same organization. Like they're still FC Cincinnati, but in the past, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the past, teams have just ripped apart the US the USL team heritage and just gone with a totally new. No, I imagine a lot of Sacramento Republic will say the same. On March, like their ownership group's the same. Their fan base is pretty well known for being pretty supportive. Uh, I would imagine a lot of it stays the same. And we also get St. Louis too, right? At some point in time? Maybe. I thought they had announced that. Or I guess they haven't announced that. Okay. No. All right. Anything else on MLS or EPL? Otherwise, we can move on. Um, so let's move to the NFL. Which we are now over halfway through the season, I believe, right? We just have week nine? Sure. Yes, week nine. So we're over the halfway point. Uh, And if you recall, we are in the practice of cleansing the NFL coaching ranks in our own alternate universe. Um, So we have fired a handful of coaches. We have. uh, Already. And we've also hired a coach. We hired Lincoln Riley to coach the Browns. He's currently coaching the Browns. Currently coaching the Browns in our universe. Uh, in actuality, the only coach who has been fired is Jay Gruden. And I can't know that happened last. That's, that's not new news since the last time we podcasted. No, we no. talked there, about that firing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there have been no coaching changes since the last time we podcasted. So I'll put it to the, the group. Are there any coaches we would like to add to our uh, fired pile? Yes. I have one. Okay. All right. Matt Nagy should be fired. Ooh. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Matt Nagy. They had had one yard of offense in the first half. Yeah. I don't think you can be an offensive coach. One yard of passing. Sorry. You can't be an offensive minded coach and have that miserable of an offensive performance. Um, I mean, the Bears are really bad. For having maybe the most talented defense in the NFL, they are atrocious. And I think someone's basically someone's you know someone's got to take the blame, and it's going to be Nagy because they went all in on this roster, and it's clearly not working out. Yeah. So and it, I mean, Trubisky's going to lose his job. Nagy should yep. probably lose his too. I mean, it clearly like demoralizes the defense when you have an offense that that is that anemic, and I, the Raiders on the other side of things have actually turned into like a sneaky playoff contender, and have come out of this Khalil Mack trade. Maybe, I mean, not in terms of Khalil Mack's value, but in terms of what they've done since then, a lot better than people I think thought a year ago. Well, they haven't so been the way, in the playoffs yet. No, but they're they have they have pieces in place. They're I mean, something. sure. I just think that has nothing to. Do, I think that has less to do with the trade more than like the teams probably appropriately evaluating what they currently had. Like I think the Raiders were probably smart to realize like this team isn't good enough. Let's go ahead and get rid of our assets and get a lot for them. Whereas the Bears did a very poor job of recognizing what they had in Mitch Trubisky. And then went all in on him, uh, and tried to capitalize on his like rookie contract window, and Which it's going to set them back probably at least five years. 
and how, but how much of that, maybe back, you might agree with this anyway, falls on Matt Nagy. I mean, Mitch Trubisky was not mm. bad last year, and you look at the signs, and you might be reasonable to expect him to progress in his now third year in the league under oh, yeah. a supposed offensive-minded quarterback-oriented coach. So I don't know if they miscalculated like Mitch Trubisky on his face. Like He had a trajectory that looked like it was headed in the right direction. But I think that that I think it just falls on everyone. And some, I mean, it also falls on like Ryan Pace and things like that. But like, I don't know. I think a lot of it falls on Nagy. The fact that he hasn't improved him when really that should be probably one of his primary jobs as an offensive minded head coach with a young quarterback. Uh, and Ryan Pace did a horrible job of surrounding him with offensive talent. Yeah. Like, like they got rid, they didn't re sign Jordan Howard. No, they let Jordan Howard walk. Um, not yeah. that he's a huge asset to the Eagles, but he was. A Jordan big Howard was better than what the Bears have now. Yeah, and I mean, they I'm haven't actually a, they haven't I'm retained struggling. any of their. Yeah, Alan they let Alshon Jeffrey leave. Yeah, it's they like Alan Robertson Howard. and Trey Burton, who Do I don't have think an ended up being offensive line. Thought he was. They have a uh, Harry Heiston right from Notre Dame. Yeah, I know they have the best offensive line coach in college football. Um, and no offensive line. But do now. they have an offensive line? I mean, they waste. They've they have no assets to get good offensive linemen with because they you draft good offensive linemen. You don't pay them in free ag- free agency. Um, uh-huh. uh, so okay, so we're in alignment on firing Matt Nagy. I mean, I'm 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 a little more ambivalent on it. I don't think the I think that the Bears as an organization have failed. I don't think Matt Nagy necessarily has failed. Um. They tried to sh- they they muddled through the John Fox era, and then tried to do a you know half year rebuild with yeah. Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky. And when they should have just said, "We're going to hire this offensive guy because we like where our defense is and we like we want our offense to be better," you could have given what, Vic Vic Fangio or whatever more money if you wanted him to be your D coordinator instead of letting him go and take a flyer being the Broncos head coach. And- age 62 or whatever he is. Um, I'm sure there's a scenario where you convince that guy that he just wants to retire with the bears and you maybe solve some of your institutional problems, but they're just, I think they've just Cooper's kind of right where they've done a systematic bad job of evaluating talent. Okay. John, do you have anyone you would like to add? I mean, I've been, I've been toying with a few names. Um, I've been trying to think about the teams that are just awful in the NFL. I mean, the Dolphins are an obvious one. one. The Dolphins are bad. The Jets are bad. The Dolphins are bad by design. The Jets have had a lot of unfortunate things happen to them. Um, So I don't know if you can fire either of their head coaches. Freddie Kitchens, we already fired. The Eagles won this weekend. Um, And I wouldn't fire Doug Peterson anyway because he won the Super Bowl at the Philly Special. So How long does that uh, Five years. Right. Five years. Well, five I mean, okay. Well, well, hold on, because the Eagles made. We haven't missed the playoffs since the Super Bowl, right? So if you continue to make the playoffs in the NFL, you kind of ha- and you've won a Super Bowl, you kind of have an indefinite contract, right? I mean, John, that's what John Harbaugh did for forever, for a, a very long time. Um, mm-hmm. Jeff Fisher did that for a while. Um, so, I, and I think Eagles fans, you know, it's kind of hard to win a lot in the NFL unless you're the New England Patriots and you maybe cheat all the time. Um, but, you know, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of other people I want to fire, and I, none are really jumping off the page. Because uh, I don't think that you can fire the Giants. Really, the one I keep coming back to is the Giants head coach, and I'm just like, you, you can't fire him right now. Because mm. you have Saquon Barkley, Barkley you, you're doing the transition to Daniel Jones. You just got to let this play out. And you're in a division where the Cowboys, on odd weekends, the Cowboys and the Eagles look like maybe Super Bowl contenders and then garbage. Um, and then the Redskins are just you know, sucking up oxygen in the, in the mesosphere. Um, so, Yeah, I wanted to fire Adam Gase. You guys kind of talked me out of it. Um, it is his first year, and the Jets have had an unfortunate series of events that have really derailed their season. But now, even with Darnold back, I, he, I, they're just a mess. I mean, they, they lost to the Dolphins last week. Uh, He's in an awkward situation where he was not hired by the current GM. So I do think it's very likely that if the season continues the way it's going, he will be fired at the end of the season. I just don't think he will be or should be fired midseason. Well, you do kind of have to question his, like, not so much his coaching, but like kind of just his management of the organization. The fact that they shopped everyone at the trade deadline, including their younger stars and Jamal Adams, and well, then they even shopped Le'Veon. Le'Veon Bell back to the Steelers. Yeah. Um, so those things are on, like maybe to me at least probably a little bit more questionable than are those are those him though or are they the GM? Well, because in theory they're the GM, but at the same time, like when they introduced Adam Gates, they kind of said he was going to have a lot of influence on those sort of things. Yeah. Um, and I think I he mean, at least probably has to be a part of those conversations. I don't know how if you have a young quarterback, you don't surround him with a player like Le'Veon. Um, that makes whatever. No sense to me, but sure. Yeah. I, I do think Dan Quinn is probably a good option if you wanted to fire. If we had to fire someone. He's already been fired in our universe. We fired him in our universe. Oh, we yeah. already fired him. And it's amazing to me that that has not come true in the real universe. Him and Freddie Kitchens, I just don't know how they have their jobs. Yeah. Freddie Kitchens has, let's, are like, we know this, has done worse than Hugh Jackson. He is now worse than Hugh Jackson was at this point last year. Hugh Jackson got fired at this point a season ago. But Hugh Jackson also had, what, three, two and a half seasons? Sure, but he, oh. in theory, had a better record. With yeah, less talent. Browns team. And well, the his, quarterback, his quarterback was probably cutting. one of the most talented teams in the NFL. Yeah, his quarterback wasn't cutting commercials for... Ugh. I don't know. Whatever that is. Home Depot. Everything. Yeah. Every single product ever. Every single product, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's not I feel like that's not going well necessarily all that well in the Browns locker room, considering all of the complaints all the Browns players have about Peyton Mayfield. Um Yeah. Mm. And then it's almost like he's overcorrecting now by just dressing like a a nineteen uh, twenties like shop owner. Did you see that he shaved three times or twice? Yeah. He had three yeah. different facial cuts. Three, uh, or I don't know, facial I, I almost admire just the, the trying to change the mojo in any way you yeah. can. But uh, mm. there's, some, there's some kind of Browns stink that not, no amount of facial hair changes can wash off. And it does start with Freddie Kitchens. Um, all right. Anything else in the NFL? Otherwise. Oh, we're not going to talk about torch passing. To Jimmy G and uh, Lamar Jackson. 
I mean, we've been here before. Is all I'll say. Well, we've been here multiple times in like the last six, seven years of of alleged torch passing. I'm not ready to pour dirt on the Patriots. The Patriots are not as good as we thought they were. They were never going 16 and now. Um, not with the set of uh, current skill position guys they have and their offensive line issues. So this will end up being a good thing for the Patriots. It was a necessary correction, a necessary uh, kind of get right. Um, it'll be good fuel. Like a leeching, you know? Sure, yeah. Got to suck some blood out so you can be stronger down the yeah. line. Um, the or Niners like, are blood don't legit, you know, same thing. The Niners are the Niners are very legit. Are you all in on the Niners? Are the Niners going to make the NFC Championship game this year? I mean, the NFC is like leaps and bounds better than the AFC. There are, I think, there are a lot of teams that. Well, the Rams aren't even in the playoff picture right now. They're right. nothing. I mean, that division has three very good teams that would be probably. Like a in contention for a buy in the AFC. Yes, that does sound like a Super Bowl win, though. Just remember, I was the first one on the 49ers bandwagon. Were, were you? you? I was. Were you? I had to convince you guys like two weeks ago that they were actually Whoa. good. They're eight and zero right now. They could still go eight and eight. Let's not. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> they could still go. I eight mean, and eight. they're gonna run into a bus off a schedule at some point in time. I'm sure. I don't know who gets to, but. Oh, you know what? Oh, they have um, the Seahawks um, Monday night this week. They do. Or Sunday yeah. night. Monday I'm going to renew my calls Monday. to fire Mike Zimmer. Um, <laughs> I don't know if the Vikings lost this weekend. They did. They lost to the Chiefs. They did. Um, I just don't think he's a good coach. I think he's holding that organization back. Um, what is yeah. John Wall wearing? Goodness gracious. Okay. All right. Sorry. Oh, what is John Wall wearing? I, he, your TV is a little bit. Um, Just wait. You what is that? John Wall wearing? I see him. Anyway, this is great podcasting. We're, we're all watching the Champions Classic. Literally John. wild. It's like he has flowers growing on his hoodie. Yeah. He's still injured, right? He's still not playing for the Wizards this year. Or cashing those checks. Yeah. Like it's been well, he's like... also about to be bought out by Adidas. The fall of John Wall has been pretty dramatic. Mm. Yeah. Who would have guessed that a player coached by John Calipari would reach such highs and then fall to such lows? I don't know. I can't name another one who's done anything really dramatic or stupid in the NBA in the past couple weeks. Year. Or like tweeted at other NBA players and gotten suspended for games. And mm. I can't think of any. Okay, then. Yep. Not covering the NBA. Just nope. want to be clear on that. Nope. It's college basketball season. College basketball uh, season. All right. It's actually college football, prime college football season. Uh, minutes before we hopped on to do the podcast, the first edition of the college football rankings came out. Uh, it was, I, I don't know, somewhat surprising. I think uh, there are surprising elements to it, but it did shake out. Uh, Ohio State, number one, LSU, number two. Bama three and Penn State four, so a Big Ten SEC fest, uh, and then Clemson and Georgia being the next two out. Um, so immediate reactions: What would you have changed? 
what surprised you. Uh, Cooper, we'll start with you since your Bucks came out, I think, deservedly uh, in this first edition on top. Yeah, so, I mean, nothing like 1-2 really? didn't really su- surprise me. I think in some way I was expecting Ohio State either 1 or 2 and LSU to be the other team there. I would imagine the gap between Ohio State and LSU is probably pretty small. Uh, but yeah. then the gap between two and three is probably more significant. Um, I mean, I don't know what they actually think, but that would be what I think. The thing that surprises me most would be, like, why is Alabama three? Like, what have they done that's better than Penn State or even Clemson for that matter? Alabama's only win against a Power 5 team with a winning record is Texas A&M, who Clemson also beat. Like, I just, I'm still really confused as to why the committee consistently overranks Alabama by, like, several spots, in my opinion. It happens literally every single year, every single week. I, like, I just don't, I don't get it. Like, because I think they did the right like thing by ranking Clemson five because I think yeah. Clemson has been bad, and they also they haven't played anyone. But at the same time, Alabama's already played one FCS school, and their like their only quality win, which isn't even a quality win, is Texas A and M. So, like to me, that's st- it's still the most confusing thing. And yet, like we're gonna put other undefeated teams like Baylor and Minnesota who I'm not going to try and say deserve to be ranked ahead of Alabama but we're going to put them in the teens I just like it's inconsistent to me I don't get what the justification is of having Alabama free there is totally a brand brand thing going on yeah and I mean I don't know if the committee should take this into account but the health of their best player no they shouldn't take that into account is a well, big question mark. Has it mattered? No. They played one game, and I'm pretty they sure don't. that one game was Arkansas. It yeah. doesn't matter. Like you don't you don't go. Oh well, this team looked like this then, or this team looked like this then. You just look at the the, the point of the college football playoff rankings is that people can sit in a room and go, this team had X amount of wins over the, these kind of opponents, so they deserve to be in. This team had X amount of wins over that these kind of opponents, so they deserve to be in. Which to me makes. Um, both preseason rankings and pre-postseason rankings um, farcical. It's like, what is the point of this ranking? Um, literally, none of it matters. Unless the committee is saying, well, we ranked Ohio State number one last week and they still won, so they're going to have to stay number one this week. Unless the whole point is to bake in con- preconceptions from earlier on in the season into the final polls. Because um, I mean, this is irrelevant, and I and I think it's I think the word I would use to describe this ranking ultimately is lazy, um, because all they did was look around and go, what can we do that will cause you know enough controversy to get on TV, but then will ultimately maybe resolve itself by having all of these teams play each other, and they do this every year. Every year they go, we're going to put multiple teams from the same conference in the first set of rankings. That has happened every time. Um, and you say that though, but like the last two years, three out of the top four teams in the first rankings have made the playoffs. Yeah. So like, and I'm, in and some, I'm telling you that it matters. Some a lot. ways it doesn't. Yeah. 
I'm just saying it might not like entirely resolve itself. Like we're probably going to see, I would imagine, I mean, it's at least a possibility two or three of these teams in the top. We could see all four of them. Like we talked about that pre, you know, pre pod. It's a possibility. I think it's a distinct possibility that these are the final rankings because the uh, team, but I, I think it would be insane because I think you could have Clemson that just wins all their games and eventually the committee is just going to promote them into the four spot over one of the teams between Alabama and LSU and Ohio State and Penn State that loses the regular season matchup they play. I just, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't get the point of these mid-season rankings because you're also basing them on a strength of schedule that is inherently fluid. Because like Cooper's saying, you know, Alabama's best win is over a Texas A&M team. That Texas A&M team is going to play LSU next week, the week after next, and they may get another loss on their record. They may get another loss before the end of the season, in which case, you know, maybe Alabama's whole season looks like complete garbage because they don't have any winning teams that are on there or their, their, the record of their opponents is like 15 and 37. Um, the, this poll should not matter. It should not be done, but it is going to determine who actually makes it into the playoffs because they're baking in conceptions. They've been carrying from the first preseason poll to this point in the season and baking in conceptions they have about these teams right now um, into those final rankings. And I have a huge problem with that. If the point is to get the four most deserving teams at the end of the year. It shouldn't matter what your preconceptions are right now. It should matter what you think a team is like when they have played all of it, when they have rested after playing all of their opponents. And you say, you know what? Let's see you play one more time. Let's see you play two more times. Let's see if you're actually the best team in the country. Well, I think in years past, they have, I mean, we've seen that the rankings they put out in these weeks prior can have like can change drastically when it comes down to the end of it because they do look at like the full body of work and whether you think like you can definitely put some bias into that too at what they've done with Alabama in prior years but I think it's been shown in multiple years prior that these week to week rankings aren't like it's not like a sum of weeks that they then look at at the end and say okay Ohio State was in our rankings for six weeks, so therefore they like it, it's ultimately going to be a final look, one final look, irrespective of what's happened on these Tuesday night made-for-TV ranking reveals. But you know some I mean? of the but some of that matters because they're going to say, well, Minnesota is ranked 15 right now, and they're going to yep. play Iowa. And Iowa is number 14 in our rankings right now. And so when we go back and we look at who they played. Well, no, they played a team that was in our rankings, um, which shouldn't matter. Like, it shouldn't matter where a team is ranked right now that you play. It should not matter that, you know, number one plays number two. What should matter at the end of the season is a very good team beat another very good team. And that should matter. It should not matter that LSU beats Alabama and therefore they are locked in. You know, they can get they can knock two more losses onto their record. Because number one beat number four. I don't, I don't know what they are. But that's what's going to happen. The, 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 those two matchups, the matchup between Ohio State and Penn State and the matchup between LSU and Alabama is going to assure that one of those two teams is going to be in, in, the final, um, in the final playoff. And, and Penn State could end up with three losses at the end of the year, I, I, I think, conceivably. But, um, you know, it's not going to matter. 
We just do a 64 team playoff. All right. That's honestly because, I mean, you, you, you get. I, I get the idea of wanting to have a suspense and wanting to say that these teams are the best teams. But at the same point in time, what we all crave is a champion who has proven themselves. And so at least with the BCS, we could say these two teams, based on nine metrics, have proven themselves. And so we're going to go with them. Now we just have four teams and we're talking about oh, maybe that 13th data point is what matters. Or, oh, maybe it's, you know, strength of schedule when you're outside. Because they can look at all these different metrics and break things down. And really what you should be saying is, have you played well enough to merit a chance to pursue the championship? And if you do the top 64 teams, every team that has played well enough to merit a shot of the championship will get a shot of the championship. I just want consistency. This yeah. is to me that's the thing that frustrates me the most. Like I just don't I still like so the like for the life of me do not understand why the conversation like why the fact that SEC schools play an FCS opponent every single year hasn't once or entered two the conversation. FCS opponents. I know multiple FCS opponents. That it blows my mind. Yet at the same time We'll sit here and we'll talk about how Baylor's non-conference schedule sucks, or you know Minnesota's non-conference schedule sucks. Like, cool, fine, agreed, but like, oh, the lack of consistency yeah. is—it's ridiculous to me, and that's why I like—I'm fine with the four teams, but I wish it was done by like a computer instead of a committee. Like, I wish we just had the BCS model and we just took the top four in the B because it would make way more sense because then at least we could identify why we were picking the teams in the top four. And now it's just, it's a, a complete guessing game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Either that or, Hey, we don't have a playoff at all. And we go back to the old system of you just know because it would be the, the same games. thing. It would be the same thing. It would be like, how was that happening? Like, I just almost wish we kind of took the human element out of it a little bit. I wish we either added automatic qualifiers right. or no, automatic qualifiers are silly unless you have a huge field. I would, yeah, having automatic qualifiers with four would make absolutely no, no sense. But with and eight, having automatic qual, no, I, I think even with eight, it's too too small to have automatic qualifiers because automatic qualifiers are subject to randomness. Sure, but everything is. I know, but if the point is to get the best, then you need to have a sufficient field but, to ensure that you've gotten the number of teams in. So you could do but, that with conceivably. But there teams. aren't 60. Okay, so back to your 64. I don't want to stay here forever, so I do want to move on. But back to your 64 thing, like there aren't 64 good college football teams. Right, it's not college basketball. The gap between number How one you know there and number 64 would be insane. Just think you about really it within think so? the yeah. Think the about it within your own conferences. Seen the gap, the gap between, between Ohio the gap between State, which is number one in college basketball, is agreed. startling. Agreed, it's and I don't like watching those games. Like, who watches the one versus sixteen game in March Madness? I do, unless because you find out it's close, and then you watch out watching the last two minutes. No, like no one watches those games. 
The gap between basketball. The gap between number one Ohio State and like number six Indiana in the Big Ten is ridiculous. Right. But Indiana would be like game. Indiana would be like the thirty fifth best team in the country. That's or fortieth best team in the country. They would be. I guarantee you, they would be in your field of sixty four. I think they would be in the, in the field of sixty four. But the point is that we're playing those games anyway. We're still eight. Every two years, Alabama plays Vanderbilt. Every year, Georgia plays Vanderbilt. Yeah, I know, but I don't need to see it in a competition to decide on who's the best, even if I am seeing it already. It's already part of the competition to decide who's best. Everyone plays a 64 seed in their season. This I, I want a tiered college football system like the Champions League where Ohio State can play Oklahoma, Alabama, Clemson, Michigan, Notre Dame, Penn State, whatever, those teams, Georgia, Oregon. every single year. So, yeah. you, so you don't even want, I want, you don't a want super fives. You want exclusively power fives, and you want to purge the power fives of yep. the bottom feeders. Just purge them. Champions League. Yeah, I want a Champions League of college League football. Of college football. There you go. Put it in the, put it in the new video game that's coming. Um, yeah. Yes, now that now stuff is almost legal. Stuff is happening. That's a tease. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's do our pick six. Uh, quick update on records. We had we had an up and down week two weeks Barely ago. Barely five hundred. Goodness gracious. Um, so I still uh, lead the pack at twenty and ten. Cooper still in the in the positive side of things. Sixteen, fourteen, and John right down the middle at fifteen and fifteen. Well within striking distance of Cooper. Uh, you guys have a little bit of ground to catch to cover with uh, with me. But the beauty of college football is there could be a, just one wipeout week and all of a sudden we're back all together. So let's do these from the bottom up on our dock, which means we'll start with Notre Dame. Uh, and we can also maybe dovetail in any Notre Dame thoughts since we've missed a couple of not so great weeks for Notre Dame, uh, but Notre Dame is at Duke on Saturday night. They are eight point favorites against a Duke team that beat Virginia Tech by like forty earlier in the season. The same Virginia Tech team that, uh, with their third string quarterback, almost came into Notre Dame Stadium and won. Uh, so, John, what do we want to do? Are we doing the? How are we doing order? This is. We'll do John Cooper Jeff. Okay, so John, the floor is yours then. Yeah, I'll take Notre Dame. Um, the Irish have been wildly inconsistent all season. Um, I don't know why that should stop being the case now. Um, we eked out a win against Virginia Tech, so why shouldn't we blow out Duke? Um, really, okay, for me, the, re- the huge problem with Notre Dame is obviously the offense. To get more, more granular on the offense, I think there are, in particular, two people to blame for most of the offense's woes. I blame Liam Meikenberg in the inbook. Uh, I'm not saying that either one is bad, is a bad football player. I just think they both played below their potential and they haven't gotten better like we all hoped they would. And so that's led to the offense having a lot of growing pains. In theory, at some point in time, Chip Long will realize this and their play calling will change. Who knows? Um, maybe that happens, maybe that doesn't. But I'll take the Irish because I am never, 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 never going to pick Duke to beat Notre Dame. I don't care if it's college basketball. I don't care if it's college football. I don't like Duke. The McMackens don't like Duke. 
I'm going with Notre Dame. What about college soccer? Also going to go with Notre Dame. Also college lacrosse. Why not? Also hockey. Don't even know if uh, Duke has an ice hockey <laughs> team, but I bet they're not as good as Notre Dame's ice hockey team. Uh, that might be your safest bet, actually. Probably. Um, okay, Cooper. I have no idea what to make in Notre Dame. That Michigan game was just so wildly disappointing. Yep. Um, yeah, that might have been, in my eyes, probably the worst loss of... Yeah, do I want to say that? I think it's that the might be too hot takeish. It's up there. It's definitely up there. And it might be number one for me. Because the Alabama loss in the national championship game, I expected. And I think it's it's on par with the Arizona State loss in 2014. Yes. To get blown out by what I still think is a subpar Michigan team. Yep. It's just it's outrageous. Um, yep. And I get it was a torrential hurricane. But, like, I mean, Michigan was also playing in a torrential hurricane and averaged to, I mean, managed to average, what, like seven yards per carry against us? Ran the ball yeah. 18 times in a row at one point. I, I just... <laughs> I feel like our whole offense has come down to just a few execution problems, which is why I thought Liam Book and Ian, Ian Book and Liam Eikenberg have been such an Achilles heel because the passes Book was making last year, he's sailing on or throwing into the into the ground this year. Like the, the crucial ones we need, like Chase Claypool turning around and getting 15 yards, you know, like he did again, you know, to save the game against Virginia Tech. We were making those crucial passes every time we needed to last year, and we're not this year. And then Liam, Liam Eikenberg's getting called for holding and false starts and all that crap. Um, I feel like it just comes down to execution. For whatever reason, we're not executing this year. And I, I mean, could not tell you why. I, I think we need to acknowledge that they have had some... That their offense has not been at full strength until... And even last week. So Jafar Armstrong was out. He played only a handful of snaps against Michigan. He's a dynamic... Like dual threat power running back that adds a totally different element. Michael Young, who is expected to be a like key contributing wide receiver, quit the team essentially and is transferring. He's going to be a grad transfer. And then as of the Virginia Tech game on Saturday, the entire right side of our offensive line has gone for the season. So and while so, and currently injured is Tony Jones Jr., our leading rusher. Yeah, who was who did a very admirable job filling in for. Jafar Armstrong while he was out for the first half of the season. So while Ian Book has struggled and while the offensive line has been porous at times, I think this has been a very different looking offense than what you projected at the start of the season. And I think that needs to at least be acknowledged that Chip Long and Ian Book are both working with a slightly diminished version of Notre Dame's offense in 2019. I'm not making any excuses for them. Like the, to me, we made like we in that Michigan game, first of all, we had a buy going into that game. Yeah. And they looked so much faster than we did. And to me, that was just like the most shocking thing. It was like watching. It reminded me of the like 2007, 2000, eight Ohio State national championship games where they just looked so much slower than Florida and LSU. And like that's what that and I just don't get how that happens. When it didn't happen against Georgia earlier in the year. And so like coming off a bye 
What I'm not making excuses for Brian Kelly. Like that game was so disappointing. Anyways, I'm gonna take Notre Dame here. I have no reason why I'm taking them, um, but I just can't possibly pick Duke in a football game. So I'm gonna go with Notre Dame. Uh, I will also go with Notre Dame. Um, I think they they just need for the sake of their uh, to silence more of these questions. They need to blow. Duke and assert dominance. Um, all right, working our way up. Then we'll get to we'll work our way up to the more marquee games. So Maryland, this is definitely not a marquee game, but noted good football team. Ross Cooper a bone here. Cooper, you can go first on this one if you want. Uh, Maryland coming to Columbus, forty three and a half point underdogs. So I don't know if that's a football number or not. It's a big number. Um, and John or Cooper, whoever wants to start, John, you can go ahead. Um, I'm going to take Ohio State because Maryland <laughs> is awful. They're just—they're bad. They're not good at football. Um, and you know what? Just so we're all clear, I think Syracuse has two wins this year. Syracuse, who was in the top 25 in the preseason polls, which inflated Maryland's ranking when Maryland blew Syracuse out. Is even worse than Maryland at football. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to take Ohio State. I'll take Ohio State by 50, but I won't have to because it's not that. It's 43 and whatever. I think I'm going to take Ohio State too. Uh, I did at one point say uh, Maryland looked like a good football team, which is embarrassing. Um, they're not. Ohio State is. Uh, this is a really ginormous uh, spread. But I think Ohio State could cover it. I think one thing to Ryan Day's credit, and of course I'm going to jinx him, and this will be a really close game just like it was last year. Um, Ryan Day doesn't seem to kind of have like the lapses, or at least this Ohio State team doesn't seem to have the lapses that kind of have plagued Ohio State the past couple of years. Um, they seem to kind of be really focused against lesser opponents um, and kind of just blowing everyone out. And so hopefully that happens again and we don't have like another 52-51 game, which I think is the score of last year Maryland, last year's Maryland game. Um, so I'll take Ohio State. Uh, this spread will only be outdone by the spread the week after, which is when <laughs> the Scarlet Knights of Rutgers. Uh, uh, Ohio State goes too. Mm, you don't want to go into New Jersey. Um, we'll have to do that game when it comes along too. Uh, Ohio State is my pick as well. You don't get rich picking against the Buckeyes, especially not at home, especially not against Maryland. Uh, next game, App State at South Carolina. This is a weird game that I kind of threw in, uh, but App State was a really intriguing G5 team that got beat on Halloween night, weird Thursday night game by Georgia Southern, but uh, they're going to an SEC team they uh, think are very capable of winning this game. They're five-point underdog. Uh, John, who do you like? Five-point underdog, and they're in South Carolina? Mm-hmm. Goodness, so that means that they're almost a toss-up on a neutral site. Um, I mean, I'll be honest. I have watched more South Carolina football this year than I have Appalachian State football. Um and then I've watched one South Carolina football game this year. Uh, I really have no idea. I know at one point in time, South Carolina's two 
quarterbacks were injured and they were on to their third string guy who actually didn't look that bad. Nothing's up. Georgia. Yeah, they beat, yeah, he beat Georgia. He finished the game out there. Um, you know, five points isn't a lot. I'll, I'll take South Carolina. I mean, you know, I don't think they're going to be overlooking Appalachian State because I don't think that they think they're that great because they just got the snot kicked out of them by um, someone. I forgot who. Auburn, Florida, someone. Uh, not Florida, maybe Auburn. Um so, yeah, I mean, I'll take South Carolina. Will Muschamp is kind of a bad head coach, but um, he's a great head coach for South Carolina, if you know what I mean. Um, he'll get him, get him to get up for a game every now and again, but then completely forget where his headset is and why he's sweating everywhere and then realize he's coaching a football game and um, then his defense will not be on the field. So, yeah, I'll take them. I'm going to go to South Carolina as well. I don't have as much to say. All I know is it's an SEC team at home uh, against a team who I don't think they'll underestimate. So I'll go with South Carolina. I'll take App State then. At least at least taking the points for this to be close. Um, they're going to be angry. They'll be coming off a loss. Um, they were definitely in that like group of five, New Year's six conversation and still could be. And I think they have a lot to play for here. South Carolina, not so much. Um, so I count on them to at least keep it close. Uh, all right. Iowa at Wisconsin, but we're not going to do the spread. We're going to do the over-under. Because um, we have to throw in one typically low over-under, which this one is 38 and a half. Uh, John? 38 and a half? Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um let me do some quick math in my head. 38 and a half. You divide that by two and you get what? 18? 24, no, get... 24, 17 gets it done. 24, mm-hmm. 17 gets it done. 21 to 17 does not. Ooh. And neither does like 20 to 17. It's it's like you got to get up. One team has to, if it's a close game, one team has to get to the mid 20s. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm going to take the over uh i don't believe in either offense but i don't know if i believe in either defense enough sheesh i really want to take the under i really want to take the under uh begging you to take it yeah so i'll take the over (laughs) (laughs) what you gotta do Okay, I'm going to take the over. I think Wisconsin's going to blow Iowa out by a lot of points. Um, I just think they've had a rough couple of weeks. I still think Wisconsin's not a bad football team. Um, I think Paul Chris is a really good, underrated coach. Um, and so I think he kind of has them bounce back from a bad couple of weeks, and I think Jonathan Taylor's able to score at least a couple touchdowns. And that being said, I don't think Iowa's offense is totally inept. So I don't think Wisconsin's going to shut them out. So I think they at least contribute a little bit to the score total. So I'll go over. Okay. Um, did a quick weather check on Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, the weather. Saturday. Don't worry. Weather's clear. So your over still holds. Um, Thank goodness. I also think it will probably will be Wisconsin in a blowout, but I don't know if they get to that number. I think Wisconsin gets it to like a, a three-touchdown game and just does the, the park the bus uh, – offense so i'll take the under i'm feeding you guys a lot which i might be doing you a favor here if a couple of these 
games like the app state and then this one go the other way um, that iowa wisconsin game could be like a five possession per team game yeah yeah that's what i was thinking just run the ball for five hours <laughs> yep <laughs> so i'm gonna profit the trap i'll take the under uh all right last two games the two best games of the weekend two uh undefeated matchups which i think it, this late in the season maybe never happened um, Penn State at Minnesota is one we'll do first. Uh, it's a noon kick at Minnesota. Penn State's a seven-point favorite, so no respect to Minnesota at home in this one. Uh, John, who do you like here? Yeah. Um, can you do me a quick weather check on Minnesota? Cold. 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 <laughs> My my only my only recollection of the Minnesota home field and it might have changed by now was that was the field that Brett Favre broke his back on, um, uh, back in the day. Thirty eight and scattered showers on Saturday in Minneapolis. Okay, so, so the ground might not be frozen. Um, no, that's actually a, a pretty good weather day for November in Minnesota. Uh, what was the line again? Nine. Penn State seven. by seven. Oh, that's a touchdown. I'll take Penn State. Uh, I don't really believe in their offense, but uh, who has Minnesota played? You know, so that's basically just picking Penn State to win in my in my mind. So <laughs> I have no idea what to do with this game. Minnesota is probably the one Big Ten team outside of Rutgers that I like know nothing about, um, which is shocking because they're undefeated. So. But I think I'm going to take Penn State just because I actually like James Franklin, and I can't say I'm PJ Fleck. So just on that alone, I'm going to take Penn State. Battle of the bald coaches. Yeah. Is PJ Fleck bald? He shaved his head. Oh, did he? Mm. Real He's quick, good. what is the rivalry trophy here? Is this a trivia question, or do you actually not know? I'm, I do not know, but it's a Big Ten conference game, so there must be a rivalry trophy. <laughs> there is a rivalry trophy for this one. Do we know who won the five dollars in the Pits of Broken Chair trophy this year? <laughs> That's by far the best best Big Ten rivalry trophy. <laughs> uh, I don't know what this one is, but uh, I think I'm going to lean Penn State here too. Um, I don't love it. I don't feel great about it. I think Minnesota at home. This is the biggest home Minnesota football game and. Decades, the decade years. at least. Fifty years. Um, five zero. The only other game about... I can think that's significant was there was a game like four or five years ago where Minnesota was ranked and Ohio State was ranked. But this is more significant than that. Yeah, I mean to be at this uh, to be undefeated this late in the season. Um, yeah. All right, I'll I'll take Minnesota, um, especially giving getting that many points at home. I. Actually, I feel good about this. I think that's a lot of points to give to an undefeated team at home. Um, at least they'll keep it close. I could see this coming down to like a uh, being a under a touchdown final margin, even if Penn State wins. So that's my third pick against you guys. Um, yeah, you're either like going to blow the blow us out of the water. Or you're yeah, letting this us is back either the week where it. you yeah, take over, is- or the week where it just hangs <laughs> up. <laughs> Putting all my chips in the middle of the table. Uh, it's such a good weekend for college football. It's worth it. Uh, all right, last game, the game of the weekend, LSU at Alabama. 
LSU is a six and a half point underdog at Alabama. John, what do you think? Do you guys remember the last time LSU and Alabama were ranked this high and they played each other in Tuscaloosa? Nine to six. Nine to six. My one of my favorite football games of all time. <laughs> that would be. Then that led that led to the uh, the national championship game where Alabama painted a fifty yard line in front of the LSU bus and they couldn't leave the Superdome. Uh, um, what was the line again? Alabama was favored by how much? Six and a half. Well. I believe in Harvey Dent, and I believe in Edward Gerrand. Um, I believe that this is the year he makes he makes hundreds of college football coaches re, uh, reevaluate their lives um, and their career paths, um, and he's going to beat Alabama. So, this is the year. And if not, he's hopefully going to lose by a field goal or <laughs> or less. <laughs> okay, Cooper. Okay, so I'm like really torn here because I'm working against two things. One, I'm going to be rooting hard for LSU because uh, I, I like Joe Burrow. I like LSU. I like Coach L. But at the same time, part of me wants to root for Alabama because it plays into basically I think the biggest chaos scenario that could happen with the college football playoff because I love the scenario of Alabama barely beating LSU, that being LSU's only loss and then Georgia beating Alabama in the SEC championship game. And then so you have three one-loss SEC teams. I just love it. So you, you want three one-loss like, SEC teams in Ohio State to be in the, in the playoff? That's what you're rooting for? <laughs> well, just that. Because that's well, what we're No, I just get. like the, the vicious like kind of like almost like cycle of the, what would have happened to those SEC teams, which I think is great. Um, I just... But I'm probably going to take LSU here. I think they're a better, fo- better football team. It's tough because I know that that rivalry has basically been as lopsided as the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry in the past like decade. Since that, no, no, it hasn't because LSU's won a game within the LSU's last. won once and Michigan yeah. won in 2011. So I think it's about the same. Were um, those the same year? Was it 9-6 to six in 2011? No, that was not. Sure. Yeah, I'm pretty it sure was. it was 2014. I just think LSU is a better football team. Yeah. That offense is so good, and I think the. I don't think Alabama's not, though. Yeah, but I don't think Alabama's defense is as good as it could be either. So no, it hasn't been as good as it's been for a while. I mean, I just think they're the better football team. I'll go with LSU. LSU Tigers going to war. So I, I you guys either colluded before this to align on all your picks and put me in a bind. Um, or something nefarious is happening, but I actually am going to agree with you on this one. Uh, so Tua is playing, but who knows how sturdy his ankle is after this weird ankle procedure that apparently only Alabama quarterbacks can get. Um, but in seriousness, too, uh, Alabama's defense is not your typical Alabama defense that Nick Saban's had. Um, over this dynastic run they've been on for the last seven or eight years. And LSU has been pretty much unstoppable offensively this year. So I think they at least keep it close. I think six and a half is a lot of points for um, just for the way these two teams have played this year. I think that's a, that's a line that is 
based much like what we talked about with the uh, rankings based on brand more than might be based on output this year. So I like the Tigers as well. I think I think also this game will most likely come down to intestinal fortitude. Um, and I think an under-analyzed aspect of LSU's win over Texas was when the game was on the line, rather than you know packing it in, seeing if they could get a first down on the, uh, uh, on the ground and then punting the ball away, LSU went for the win, and they took it. Um, and that has been Kirby Smart's Achilles heel against Alabama ever since he what beat him in the net. No, he never played him in the SEC. He hasn't. Has he beaten Alabama? No, nope. Georgia. No, he hasn't. No. So that has been Kirby close. Smart's Achilles heel is the lack of a killer instinct, and that is not something that Ed Orgeron lacks, um, or Joe Burrow apparently. So, <coughs> okay. All right, John. Do you have a lead pipe lock for us? And I then do have a lead pipe lock. Get out of here because it's eleven thirteen. So our Mormon brethren out in out in Utah are being disrespected this weekend. They're only being only favored by seventeen over noted hedonist University Liberty. Uh, so uh, Liberty's awful at football, and BYU has at least been passable this year. So BYU is going to beat them by a lot more than seventeen. So lock that in. The at BYU. Yeah, I have no idea where it is. Um, I assumed it was at BYU because I don't know why BYU would travel to Liberty. Um, no, yeah, it's it's uh, it's at BYU. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, all right, we uh, we have bypassed our hype train. We have we've been basically replaced by the official college football rankings. We took you this far. Um, now, Kirk I will Street say I'm, and Joey Galloway can take you the rest of the way. I'm 100% on the Chase Young hype train. Just like 100%. Just why not? Let's just no. do it. At least get him to New York. I mean, Too yeah, soon. Let's get him there. Too soon. Yeah. Manti, Manti deserved to win. Um, we've got to wait at least a decade. <laughs> Manti crawled so Chase Young could walk. Yeah. Yeah. Paved maybe. Well, no, actually. Uh, and Dominican Sue crawled so Manti could walk, so Chase Young could run. If we're doing the lineage of uh, defensive Heisman candidates, they'd be yeah, awesome no. if you won. They would be exciting. I would just it love would. for it not to go to quarterback. That's really all I dream yeah. of. Well, I, I wouldn't love it because it would break the tie for Heisman's. Um, but... It would break <laughs> the tie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, wasted data. Let's finish it up. Uh, John, do you have a wasted data? Um, yeah, I got a lot. The NBA is a huge waste of data. Um, also, Major League Baseball doing their awards ceremony after I don't care about baseball anymore when the World Series is over. Like, the World Series is baseball's prime moment. Are you new here? Just they're going to, like, drop the, the results tomorrow morning at, like, 11 o'clock. Just no one's going to care. Yeah. Let, let's just do it, like... Before the World Series starts, you know, give them give them one extra day of rest, and that day announce everything. The voting already happened. It happened before. The voting the happened ended. at the end of the regular. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So I baseball's mean, that's, done. That's that's a huge waste of data there. Um, also, congrats bigger the waste. Of, I mentioned. Yeah, congrats to the Nationals. Biggest waste of data is the ACC network. Um, which is where the Notre Dame Duke game will be this weekend. Uh, 
So Oof. good luck watching it. Um, if your provider has negotiated with ESPN to pay them their firstborn so that they can televise the ACC <laughs> network. <laughs> but also so much college basketball is now on the ACC network and now I can't watch it. It makes me sad. But thank goodness that the Big East will still be doing Big East wild New Year's Eve. I love that. New Year's Eve and Christmas. Big East basketball is just as Not the same. Not the same as it once was. Not the same as it once was, but still way better than just about every other bit of basketball you can get out there. Every other bit of college basketball, particularly the Pac-12. Pac-12 sucks. (laughs) Okay, Cooper, do you have a waste of data? Yeah, my wasted data is all the like MLS fans who got a little insulted by Zlatan's comments and didn't understand that it's basically all a bit uh, that he does. And so just, I just think it's ridiculous. People getting upset that you know Zlatan's not one of... I mean, in reality, he's probably one of the best three players to ever play in the MLS. Um, and I don't know. Just all the MLS stands who want to protect their league uh it just gets a little too much for me uh you don't don't protect the shield cooper i do not no not that one not that one well i mean Uh, cincinnati fc cincinnati hasn't won the shield either let's be honest no so no okay uh, my waste of data is EA Sports for not already having an NCAA game. Yeah, how has this not already come out? Yeah, that's just, wild. Just have they need? You know they have it. Like you know, there's some developer team at uh, EA that has a copy of every edition of the game from 2015 <laughs> to now. They could release. Don't they basically just take like Madden and put like college stuff on it? Like, how hard is it really to make? No, it? I think it's it's always oh, been better no, than it's, Madden. It's, it's, it's better it's, than Madden. Yeah, the, yeah I agree. They it is than all like the the mechanics of like uh, option plays that just also ruined the, you in college. Also, the, the mechanics ruined you. <laughs> and play action, play action in the last version was amazing. That was. Jeff so just yeah. couldn't ever figure out my uh, option playbook that I created. Mm-hmm. Just I was a big him. when I won. It was always <laughs> uh, turnover luck. <laughs> the the random number number generator when we hit on fumble. <laughs> no, no. What you got to do? You got to do is just drive the whole length of the field in five minutes. Take the whole quarter. That's what you. That's that's the recipe yeah. for beating. That's a. Teams. That's like. Uh, not a, I don't want to say the, the coward, toss that word around, but, <laughs> but you don't play no. clock. That's the equalizer. Uh, yeah. when, when, you're, when you're Idaho and you're going down to, L- to play LSU, that's what you got to do. <laughs> John, when, when were you ever playing as Idaho at NCAA? Wait, I, this weekend, actually. Uh, what? Yeah. yeah. When you get a save from the when, bottom. When, when you're a 10 hit gives you, when 10 hit gives you Idaho, that's just... Oh, we never did. You gotta it. play hit play as Idaho. No, we definitely yeah. did randoms in NCAA. There's no way we did. I don't know if we ever did it. True, the fault way of playing video games. Yeah. Anyway, <sighs> NCAA release it. Release the tapes already. Uh, can't wait. All right, that's the podcast. It's eleven twenty. It's bedtime, uh, especially here at Eastern Time. Sun's so, gonna rise I, in like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
while John. John's just finishing his like late afternoon uh, snack, getting ready for dinner in Central Time, the best time zone. But uh, in any case, in any time zone, we'll be back soon. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Let us know what you thought. Uh, download, subscribe, leave a review, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Dope. Dope. I'm going yeah. to bed.